welcome everybody to the greater community this is a show whether you're watching on youtube or listening to it on a podcast that is designed to give you a greater awareness about what god is doing not just within the four walls of our church but in our local and global community and this week we are so excited to have kelsey and christy with us from royal family kids and they're going to be sharing with us about their about their ministry so guys share a little bit about um yourselves what is royal family kids camp so i'll start um, my name is Kelsey Erskine, and this will be my 11th year, this coming up, uh, 11th year as director, and actually Community Covenant's 20th year sponsoring Royal Family Kids Camp, awesome. which is really cool. Um, Royal Family Kids Camp is a week-long um, camp for kids ages 6 to 11 who are in the foster care system, and our goal is to treat them royally um, for the week. So we um, have a birthday party, we do activity centers, have crafts, we do have a story time, um, just all kinds of fun things. We get to go swimming, there's a lake, um, all different kinds of fun things. But, so we can just treat these kids royally um, and they have one week to enjoy and not have to worry about where their next meal is going to come from, if they're going to get changed houses, um, that kind of thing. So, Christy, do you want to add? Yeah. So yeah. No, yeah. Tell Christy, tell me a little bit about, yeah. How did you get connected into RFK and then kind of what is your role currently? So when I first got started, I think, um, it, it may have been the you know, third year of camp for community cabinet. And I was, I was just interested. I saw it on, on the bulletin board and I wanted to find out more about it. I thought, Hey, I can give some time. I mean, that's really all it is, is giving your time. Yeah. And um, so I started out helping with the activity centers and just various different roles at camp. So I kind of dipped my toe in the water and the rest is history. I haven't left since, so. Yeah. So both of you have been doing this for multiple, multiple years. So what is it about RFKC that grabbed your heart that made you say, I got to invest not just a week in my life, but you guys are really involved working on this year round. So what is it about this ministry that kind of captured your hearts? So I'll start. I actually um, started going to Royal Family Kids Camp a long time ago. And I actually um, was majoring in education at K-State and did a couple summers at Royal Family and switched my major to social work because of how much Royal Family had an impact um, on me and how I saw the impact um, on the campers. So I think, um, Kirsty, do you want to add anything about what, why you keep coming back? Well, I, I think one of the main things that grabs me is when I go and I see these siblings that don't get to see each other throughout the year because they're placed in different homes. And sometimes at camp, they get to go and be there at the same time and see each other. And I couldn't imagine not being able to see your sibling throughout the year. Just, there's just like little things like that. And these kids just get to be kids. You know, because throughout the you know rest of the year, they may be going to court or therapy or, you know, visits back and forth with their bio parents back to the foster home. And it's just they get pulled around that they don't get to be kids and they're kind of busy um, helping parent their younger siblings. But at camp, they just get to have fun. Yeah, that's kind of what I will. I will add to that, that our camp has been around, seeing as we've been around for 20 plus years, um, that we are starting to get, we get emails and letters from campers that we had way back um, about how they still have things from camp and how they still remember 
their, who their guide was and the different things they did at camp. So being able to know that that's the impact that you're making, that 20 year olds are contacting us still about camp and just that one week that they had with us. I think that's what keeps you coming back too, is that you know that you're actually making an impact, even though it is just for one week. Um, to be able to hear that from past campers is something that kind of keeps you going. You got to keep going. You can't give up on, on the kiddos now. Right. And it's really fun to see the kids who can come back, you know, each year until they age out. Um, camp becomes a really huge part of their life if they get to come four or five, six years. So it's really fun to see some of them grow up and see, you know, how much they've grown, you know, spiritually and just, it's just, it's cool to see them come back. Yeah. Well, and you guys have kind of alluded to it, but for those who are, are watching or listening and aren't really familiar with kind of the situation that these kids find themselves in that are in the foster care system, like what are some of the challenges that they face that make this such an important week for them? Like what are some of the kind of situations that they're coming from as they come to a week of camp? One thing I like to always point out too is that because we're in Johnson County, so a lot of people think, oh, Johnson County, everything's perfect. There's not kids in need. There's not foster care kids in Johnson County. Mm -hmm. Completely not true. Mm -hmm. um, Johnson County does have its perks, but there are kiddos here um, that are suffering and that are in abusive homes or don't get three meals a day, which is one thing um, we do big at camp is that we give our, make sure our kids know that they get three meals a day um, and they get a snack. Um, and that they're going to get food and they can go back as much as they want. So, cause we have kiddos that come that have had, didn't get meals. Um, another thing we do is the birthday party. So you, it's hard to imagine for us to think of a kiddo not having a birthday party, but a lot of these kids have never had a birthday party for just them, a birthday party with their own cake, a birthday party with presents and that kind of thing. Um, so we have that at camp as well. Um, so these kids and some of the kids that, you know, they get moved. We've had uh, kids before come to camp and they're picked up by a different foster family at the end of camp. Um, so, so, just, so you have a, a kid, just so I make sure people hear this. Um, you have a, a child who um, is dropped off by one family. They've been living with them for a period of time. and then the family that picks them up at the end of the week is not the same family. Correct. And they yeah. probably don't even know this family. Correct. Never seen them before. We've had that happen to a kiddo before where he's been dropped off by one family and a new foster family picked him up at the end of the week. Um, a family that he had never seen. He didn't know those people. Um, and that's who picked him up at the end of the week. So just kids that have very unstable lives, they can come for one week and have a stable time and get to be a kid and not have to be an adult and have to worry about the things about meals. Do they have a bed? That kind of thing. Chris, as you've been a part of this, yeah, talk about the need from your perspective. I mean, what kind of issues do you see kids wrestling with as they're coming to that week of camp? Like, how, so we talk about their environment, but what, how does that manifest itself in like their behavior or like how they view things? Like, what are some of those issues that kids are dealing with that are, that they bring to camp with them? So on Monday morning, when these kids are dropped off, we see either they're terrified or some of them have never seen us before and they run right in and they're ready to hug you and you're their new best friend. So each kid's different. But um, I think, you know, a lot of these kids coming and just having their own bed and that's their, and that's just their own personal space, you know, because you've been to camp. Yeah. That, that, that bed's just for them. 
you know, and a lot of them say that that's one of their favorite parts of camp is, is the 30-30 time, is, is the rest time, just on their bed for their quiet time. And I think, you know, us just having safe adults and being too deep, th things like that, it makes these kids not scared. Um, a lot of the times the kids have a great time until about, let's say, Thursday night. And they, yeah. and they remember it's almost over. And we've had kids like under their bed crying, you know, because they don't want to go. And like we said, on Friday, sometimes they don't know who's going to get them. It could be a new family. It could be their social worker. It could be a different social worker. Um, or maybe the, the foster parents late, an hour late coming to get them because they forgot, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. So. And just so, just so people watching and listening are clear, the ages of the kids who come to camp are what are their ages? Like what age bracket? Um, six to 11. And so you're talking about six to 11 year olds that might be picked up by strangers to go, not just stay overnight for like a sleepover, but like this is a new home. Mm -hmm. wow. Yep. You know, and those six year olds, and this is what breaks my heart. I mean, they're so little. I mean, I think Tom, you had a camper. Yeah. Last year was a seven or six, yeah. was six or seven, little, just a little guy. And yeah. to me, I think of other six and seven year olds I know, like, you know, Kelsey's kids. And I think, wow, these kids are out there on their own in the world almost. Yeah. Wow. I think how lucky we yeah, are. Yeah, having to worry about their meals and where they're going to sleep. And they don't have very much either. Um, you know, so, they, well, and this is a cool part too. If, if the kids come with shoes that don't fit or they're missing something, then we magically make it appear that day. We have to send yeah. somebody to the store or we bring some stuff, you know, with us just in case. But at camp, um, we have the greatest, you know, volunteers that will run out and just get us whatever we need. So yeah. that's, and that's one of my favorite parts of camp. It's just like magically, you know, toothbrushes appear or shoes or socks or if you fall into the pool wearing your shoes we have some dry ones magically you know within an hour or so so that kind of makes me think about kelsey you said something earlier on about wanting to treat kids royally and i you know i had the privilege to be able to be at camp um in 2019 and got to see that a little bit but talk a little bit about what makes rfkc a unique experience and kind of what lengths are you going to, to, to really make this like a week that can kind of carry them through the rest of the year? Um, so it's an interesting question because we've had foster care kids before come to our camp who have been sent to like a, just a regular church camp and they can't, they don't make it. They can't make it. So we're all family kids camp. We have one guide, which is like a camp counselor where you use the name guide. Cause we don't want, I mean, these kiddos are in therapy with counselors all the time. So we don't want them to think that we're there to fix them. Yeah. We're just there to hang out with them. So there's one guide um, for every two campers. So that's a big difference than like a regular camp is you've got one adult focusing on two kids the whole week. Yeah. Um, and we, um, how we treat them royally is they get, we give them all kinds of things when they get there. They've like Christy said, they've got their own bed. Um, we usually have a blanket and sheets on there from their own bed. Um, the quilter ladies at the church, um, we didn't get to use them this year because of COVID, but they made pillows for all the kiddos to go for on their beds. So, cause some kids come to camp without a pillow. Um, so just having little things like that, um, that makes them feel welcome and comforted. But even before they come to camp, you set a tone right when they, like the way they get to camp is pretty unique, right? So talk a little bit even about because yeah, walk walk us through like if we've never been to camp, like from 
the moment they get dropped off, like talk us through, paint that picture about like what is, because I think it is unique and I, I want to make sure that those who are listening really get the full picture about this is, this is, this is, we're not playing around when we say treating kids royally. So yeah, talk, like give us the rundown. Like how do they get to camp? What's that like? What's it like when they roll onto the property? Like what, what are you doing to intentionally kind of set an atmosphere for them? So that's actually when they roll onto the property is one of my favorite parts of camp, but I'll, I'll tell you that in a minute. But um, when they get dropped off, they get dropped off at church um, and we welcome them. We give them a brand new t-shirt that they can wear. We've got a name tag for them. Uh, we have breakfast there if they hadn't had breakfast um, and then some arts and crafts while we wait for everybody to arrive. And then once everybody arrives, we get on, it's a thing called the limo liner <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a big limo bus um, instead of a school bus. Cause sometimes the school bus can actually be a bad trigger for some kids. So um, we, we do the limo liner. It's a huge limo bus. It's got TVs and lights and music and the kids uh, get to ride on that to camp. Um, it's not that far actually. Well, now our new camp, it will be a nice long ride for them. Um, so we'll get to ride on that. And when we arrive to camp, um, we pull up to the gravel road and the kids, and so I get to the privilege of riding in the bus with the kids and they just start screaming. The kids that have been there before because they know, screaming cheers of joy because they know what they're about to experience. They see those people that are there year after year that are consistent for them, that they can recognize when they get off the bus, they know that that person's been at camp before, that volunteer, and they're back again because they meant something to those kids. Um, So they're screaming tears of joy. All the volunteers have posters that say welcome, have all the kids' names on them and yelling. And um, once we get there, we open the bus and we announce each kid one at a time. And so each kid comes off uh, one at a time and everybody cheers for each kid to make that kid feel important and special and that they're loved. Um, And so that's one thing that we do when they arrive and then they gather their things and walk to the cabins to get, get set up. But that is one of my favorite parts is just to hear the kids when we turn on the camp road, the kids that have been there before. um, It's hard for me to hold back. I always hold back tears because they're just screaming for joy. And that's another reason why you keep coming back is because you can see the impact that it makes on those kids and how excited they are. It's like a sigh of relief for them that they're finally there for the one week and they know and recognize the volunteers that have come back year after year. So for both of you guys, you don't get paid for this, correct? Like this is not like a job and none of the guides who are there or any of the staff who are there, they're doing it. They're just volunteering your time. Christy, you talked about giving your time. Can you, Christy, give us a little bit of a picture? Like what is that community of uh, volunteers like like what's it like to be part of that team of people that week like well, just tell us about like the dynamic between all the all those people so it takes us between 50 and 60 people um, for for that week of camp to happen and it's everything from the guides who are you know with the kids one-on-one to to all of our staff and that's everything from the nurses to the social workers the you know counselors we have to have there um, we have support staff. We have people that, that do the dramas and the Bible stories and the skits. Um, people that just go swimming with the kids or do activity centers. Um, just all kinds of di- you know different roles. And throughout the year, we do have to get people to fill out their application, to do their training, for us to do their background check. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff before camp. Like when Kelsey said she has that sigh early, 
when the kids get off the bus. I have a sigh of relief that the bus showed up and the kids are there and we're ready to go. You know, there's just a lot of anticipation on that Monday morning for sure. But talk about, yeah, so there's a picture in our church of that row of people holding their signs up, but there's kind of a, a vibe that I remember kind of like going through that group of people talk a little bit about like, as you're standing there on the, I mean, Kelsey kind of, you kind of painted the picture of what it's like to be on the bus, but what's it like to be in that group of people holding up a sign? Like what, what is that kind of like? I think there's just a lot of excitement for the kids to come and for the newer guides and volunteers. I think they're a little nervous like what are these kids going to be like and i think um it's kind of a surprise when the kids get there and get off the bus that these look like normal kids i don't know what people think in their heads but i think i was a little shocked my first one these are just normal kids you know because normal kids but there's a lot of excitement when the bus is coming there's calls like where is it is it almost here and there's some of us that come ahead of the bus so as i'm pulling in ahead of the bus like a few minutes everybody's cheering and it's just like it's so exciting and just just electric yeah yeah i can remember my first year of being a guide uh, my first year volunteering at camp and being so nervous like christy said just standing there i have my girls names on the sign like what are they gonna look like am i gonna be a good guide for them um and once they get off the bus like all of that goes away that you're so excited and you finally meet them and see them and like christy says they look just like your neighbor kid. Like that's the thing I think that people get blown away by is these kids are kids in our community. These kids are on your kid's basketball team or, you know, at your kid's school. Um, and they're just normal kids. Now we've had kids before that have like scars and bruises and that kind of thing, but they're just like normal kids. So I think once they get off the bus and they're there, you're just excited and the week can finally begin. Yeah. And, and Tom, when I see those pictures too, everybody standing there waiting for the kids with their signs, I see like Shelly Ellis and Kelly Carlson. And I just see people that have come back year after year. And I just, I want to cry sometimes think about how much that we all come together during that week and support each other. You know, we're, we're there to support the guides to help them be with their two campers. And it's just the way everybody comes together. And I mean, it is a hard week. It's, it's a tough week you know yeah our staff becomes like a family um the volunteers i guess become like a family um we've got grandma and grandpa who are the kids the campers grandma and grandpa but i personally and some other stuff people call them grandma and grandpa um they've actually grandma and grandpa doris and larry have been our camp grandparents since the beginning so if they come back this next year that'll be the 20th year um or people like red jensen who that this will be his 20th year um, Shelly Ellis. So just these people that come back year after year and you don't think like maybe when you see these people outside at church or in the community or whatever, you don't think that you could become friends with them or be, be a group together that this group would gel together, but it does. And everybody becomes a family and everybody, just like in a family, everybody does their part. Everybody gives in and helps volunteer wherever is needed. Um, and it's just a family. And I think once you experience that one week, and it's called rural family. <laughs> Once you experience that one week with the volunteers, I feel like the volunteers maybe get more out of it than the kids. I know the kids get a lot out of it too, but the relationships that are built between the volunteers, I think are huge as well. Um, and it's just a family that just 
when you see people out, you know, at church or wherever, it's just, you see them different. Like I call, you know, Mr. Red, Mr. Red, like just, it just becomes part of who you are. And you really see a different side of people, right? Yeah. And I was going to say, it's also cool because we have 16 year olds through people in their seventies. Yeah. And it's, I don't know of any other ministry. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but that spend a whole week together with that wide of a range year after year after year. Yeah. And you're right. And people do act different at camp. I mean, you (laughs) get to see their fun kid side. Well, and especially by towards the end of the week when they're tired and they're slap happy. Um, (laughs) Kelsey and I on Thursdays. Yeah. (laughs) It's fun though. It's so fun. I I mean, and that's, I mean, the, the day part with the campers is fun, but it's also really fun once the campers go to bed and the staff's all just hanging out and playing cards and, you know, it, you get something out of it too by doing that. So I, that's one of my favorite parts too. <laughs> yeah. Even though we're there for the kids, you have that too. Well, and it always like impressed me. I mean, you have guys that have like double knee braces on that really should not probably <laughs> physically be doing some of these things, but they're like out there, then they're kids. I mean, they're, their retirement age, but they're out there, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And that fun environment, I think, is really infectious with the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if it was just the program of, okay, now we're going to do this activity and do this activity, I mean, it would still be good. But from my experience of kind of firsthand, the, the people that are there is really what makes the week. It's like how they how they engage with the silly songs that we sing or how they engage with the relay races that we do or how they engage with the polar bear swim, you know, on a, in the morning, like, which I actually didn't do. I wimped out on that this last time. But, um, <laughs> this year, this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you mentioned a little bit before uh, Kelsey that, you know, it's different than your typical the Christian camp. Like there's a faith base to RFKC, but it's also different. How do you see kind of the way faith is incorporated into the week different than maybe a, a VBS week or like a normal church camp week? Yeah. So I think it has some similarities in that we have a chapel time. We call it adventure club where they have a skit and we have a Bible story. Um, they always, World Family says to always look for the God moments. So any teachable little moment, um, like I can remember one year I had a camper when I was a guide and she was talking about the leaves and the trees and the flowers. And I was like, did you know that God created that? And she's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, you know what? I can take you back and show you in your Bible because we give one of our gifts to our campers is every camper gets their own Bible. So I was able to take her back and show her um, Genesis about how God created the world. So like, it's not just straightforward, like, you know, preaching to these kids. It's using those little God moments. Um, Our activity center time is another time where our campers and our guides can spend some one-on-one, not one-on-one because you always have to be too deep, but some time together talking about, um, you know, little things like that. Um, A lot of campers can be very open in things that have happened in their life. Um, And you can always point back to Jesus for that. Um, So I think our chapel adventure club time is really focused and they get like MP3 players that have the skits and the songs and the verses on them that they can take home and they get um, an activity book that has some verses in it and we have a verse every day like a normal Christian church camp would Um, but that's kind of that's 
I feel like, so our focus is to treat the kids royally. And then when you treat a kid royally, you're, you're being like Jesus um, and being his hands and feet and serving these kids. So. But you're not necessarily like leading them to make some sort of a faith decision during the week. Yeah. So we're not allowed to do that. So we're not allowed to our net. We're part of a national organization out of California and our national organization out of California has certain guidelines that we have to follow. We're not allowed to do altar calls. We're not allowed to do baptism, that kind of thing. Um, now if a camper was to say that they wanted to do that, we could, but we're not going to make it as a big group decision on, Hey, we're going to preach about this and you have to accept God after, you know, after our story or whatever. So um, so there's little parts of the Bible that, and, you know, teachings that get placed in there, um, but it's not altar calls, that kind of thing. Can you talk about why there is that little different emphasis, why you're not emphasizing, a, you know, them making a decision kind of a thing? That's, that's really intentional because of your population, right? Yes. Christy, you want to talk? I feel like I'm talking. Well, I think because... Yeah, because it is a population. A lot of them are, are in state care. And um, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think part of the reason that um, our case's um, stance on this is also because we want social workers in counties to send kids to our camp. So we kind of have to walk a little bit of a line. So I think that that's part of it. Kelsey, you can correct me if I'm Yeah, no, that's very, yeah, yeah. So we... Yeah, we want to we want to have a good relationship with the community, with the foster care community, and the state. Um, we've been really lucky in Kansas that um, KVC or the foster care uh, agencies around our area are willing to give over the kids. Now there are some other states that their foster care agencies in the state is not willing to give their kids. So it's kind of a fine line that we want to walk. Um, these kids have been through so much and had such an unstable life. Um, and we don't want to be like, hey, we're here to fix your life. Hey, you know, like, let's, we're going to give you therapy and we're going to accept Jesus and your life's going to be just dandy. Like, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to treat them royally. And we're here to, for them to see Jesus through us and our actions and how we treat them instead of pressing it with our words on you know, you must become a believer, you have altar calls and that kind of thing. It's more of our actions and treating them royally um, and creating that good relationship that could lead to other things down the road um, yeah. with them. So it's kind of that fine line with that and just the state, we, state, we want the state to like us so we can still keep having the kids. Um, so. And then I think a lot of it is just planting those seeds, you know, because we certainly aren't here to see it all the way through and we may not see these kids after the end of the week we don't know if we'll see them again so and it is modeling um you know how safe adults should treat kids like if the kids is you know acting out or being violent or whatever you know we're not ones to you know hit back or or you know, things like that it really is just modeling you know christ's love for them so well, and you also are drawing from a little wider pool of volunteers, because as much as Community Covenant is a sponsoring church, not every uh, your staff member or leader is coming from Community Covenant, right? So you have, it's, it's multi-denominational, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. The only, um, the thing, on our, we have one question on our application that is, if you are a believer, um, if you have a home church who your pastor is and that kind of thing. And even if you don't, and you're not a believer, we still want to interview you and we still want to talk to you. Um, so I, yeah. And we, I, even with our campers too, I can't remember one, one year we had two campers, Christy, were they Jewish? Yeah. Um, and the, the, 
the foster parent let them come or was it their dad? I can't remember, but they were able to come and they, we just said we wouldn't make them sing the songs. We just had them sit in the back of the room during the skits and that kind of thing. So they were still hearing it. Um, but they weren't, we weren't forcing it. So we were getting, we're getting campers that are of different beliefs in our, in there and they're hearing this stuff and seeing how these people are treating them. Um, and so just like Chrissy said, planting that little seed and so, and so, you get to get people from all different places. Well, and it also seems like it changes your emphasis where your uh, staff don't have to be like biblical theologians to be, you know, to volunteer. They just have to be safe people who like care, are good caregivers for, for the kiddos, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, we have a question on our application that says, do you feel like you're good enough to... Um, so like you feel comfortable them. enough to lead a small group discussion. Um, and really that's just between like you and your two campers. Of, do you feel comfortable enough talking with them about that? You don't have to know all the books of the Bible, all the Bible verses memorized. You don't have to know all of that to volunteer time to change a kid for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys talked about too deep a little bit and you just alluded again to kind of the the staff to camper ratio talk a little bit about the intentionality of of having such a kind of a low a low ratio of staff to camper and kind of what's what's the benefit of that because you know you would think like I was a youth pastor for almost 20 years you know it was always a struggle to get volunteers and you know we got to five to one we were feeling pretty good but it's definitely more than it's better than five to one. So let's talk about the philosophy behind having, you know, a very specific um, number of staff to a very specific number of kids. So I think these kids um, that we take at camp spend their whole life just not having enough one-on-one -on -one attention. So by putting two kids with one guide, there's just more focus on that that kid and um, just to be able to spend time with them and seem you know interested in them. We always say to be to be impressed by the child. So if you have more one-on-one -on -one time with them, you can give them that kind of you know that that your know, conversation and things like that. And we also have so much staff there at camp also to help support that sometimes it's actually one-on-one. -on -one. If you pull in another staff member with you, then you can kind of devote actually one-on-one -on -one with one of the campers while staff may be doing something else with the other one. Yeah, and it's, it's for the camper's safety, and it's also for the volunteer's safety too, um, to have the, the two deep. It's to keep the camper safe, and then to also, you know, kids can always make up stories, so it's also to keep um, our volunteers safe as well. So how have you seen the benefit? I know you kind of talked in generalities, but how have you seen the benefit of that intentional focus on a on a child like where do you where have you seen some of the the benefits of that during the week of camp so i will say just like christy was saying being able to focus on your two campers you can walk with them you can talk with them you can have little moments with them and i think them knowing that that one person that one guide and you end up being in a buddy group so there's two guides and two campers but that those adults are are focused on you and giving you the attention um i we when we've heard from past campers um they know who that guy was like my one of the campers we heard from was actually my sister's campers mm -hmm. and um they remembered her name miss kyla um you know that was 
some 15, 16 years ago. And just being able to have that one adult or two adults pay attention to you. And they're the ones that go swimming with you and they help you swim in the pool. And they're the ones that are going to race you on the inflatable obstacle course. And they're the ones that are, you know, building you Legos or whatever. They take that time. They took their time to be with that kiddo and to really show that that kiddo means something, um, I think has a huge impact on them. And I mean, and it's so cool because at night, they're also the ones that like tuck them into bed and pray with them. And, you know, they're, it's just a really special connection that I don't think you could do with a bunch of kids all at once. So as you have um, kind of built this for, you know, you're talking about 20 years, um, you came to this year and 2020 is a little bit different. Um, we didn't, none of us could have predicted a worldwide pandemic that would hit us the same way. So how have you had to adjust what 2020 looked like as a result of, of a pandemic? So since we couldn't have camp, um, we did the next best thing that we could think of. We had, we talked about it a lot with our board members and we took um, these baskets to each camper's home. And it, I'll show you here, I got one. Uh, we took a big like oh, wow. tub here and each one, it had, had their name on it. And inside was a backpack. And then Kelsey mentioned those pillows that the ladies from the church made. So they still got their pillows, even though they didn't get, get to come to camp. They got a blanket that they could tie, you know, those little tie blankets. They got one of those. They, they got their play away. So that's the MP3 player with the stories and songs they would have heard at camp. They got their Bible because they get a Bible each year. Sometimes we change it down a little bit. Um, they got, let's talk about their shirts. They, they got their camp shirt for this year. Cool. And then they got a tie-dye shirt. I don't know if Tom, if you remember, that's a highlight at camp is tie-dyeing. Yeah. So they got a tie-dye shirt. Um, they got um, letters from a bunch of us staff. They got just a ton of cards and letters, um, which was really one of the highlights for the campers. As, as we delivered these, the kids wanted to open their cards first and we have toys in here and crafts and you know all kinds of stuff but they wanted to read their letters like i sat and watched at least two kids open them up and read them before they wanted to look at anything else mm -hmm. even though we said hey there's toys in there and crafts they wanted to read those letters from us start crying and then the families all got a gift card to high b too so um anything else kelsey think of so we did those yeah so we did those baskets um we had a little toy in there um like a little birthday toy we tried to make it like camp so at camp they would get the pillows they would get the blankets they would get um a whole bag of crafts um miss kelly put together all these little craft bags for them with the instructions they got sunglasses toothbrush toothpaste just you know they, they got a new backpack too so we, we yeah we just tried to make it like everything they would have gotten at camp they got in that little bucket um so that was what we did in the summer and then at the start of school we had some staff write some more letters um and we mailed those off um so they got a big envelope hopefully we mailed it so hopefully they got it at the start of school of just letters encouraging them um and telling them how great they are and have a great school year um and so they got those and then coming up here in November, we're going to have a drive-through thanks drive-through Thanksgiving. So we're going to have tents set up outside, and we socially distance with our masks on, so it's COVID safe. 
and um, they're going to get to stop at each tent. And at one tent, we're going to have books. Another tent, we're going to have board games. Tent, we're going to have hats and gloves they can pick. Um, uh, one tent's going to have t-shirts that we have that we got designed for them. There's going to be a craft table, um, all these different kinds of tables. And then we're also going to provide a gift card um, for their family, the caregiver's family for a Thanksgiving meal. And then we're going to provide a pie um, as well as invite them to the church for Christmas. So that's what we're going to do in November. So COVID has definitely thrown us off and had to have camp canceled, but we're trying our best um, to reach the campers still and be COVID safe. <laughs> and so where do you see camp going in the future? Obviously we, we look forward to the day when we don't have a pandemic, but when things kind of get back to the, the normal, where do you see what's next for Royal Family Kids Camp in, in the Kansas City area? So we have some really exciting news. We have a new campground. Um, our camp, old campground, Tall Oaks, which has been our campground every single year, unfortunately didn't have space for us. So we went searching and we found, uh, Christy found this amazing campground for us. And um, I can't wait for our campers to be able to experience it, hopefully this summer, if not the summer after, but it's got all kinds of, it's got a zip line, it's got a pond, it's got a paddle boat, a canoe, you can canoe, paddle boat. Um, it's got a basketball court, it's got a playground, um, it's got huge sports fields of baseball and frisbee golf and um, just a lot of stuff, a lot of fun things, a lot of space. Um, it's got a game room in the basement that's got like an arcade and um, that I think the staff will probably enjoy more once the kids go to bed. Um, but I, but it's just got so much space um, for us. It's so exciting. It's got a, um, I don't know if we're going to call it our adventure club or worship center. That's got a huge stage with lights. And so the talent show, if we have a talent show for the campers and so the talent show is going to be really fun and it's just got a lot of, a lot of space and it's a very kid friendly camp. Um, so hopefully this summer we'll get to experience that with our campers and it's just going to be a whole, it's a new experience and it's a change, which change is hard for people, but this is definitely a really good change and a really bright future for Royal Family. And yeah. I will say with the new campground comes new ways to serve. There's some new things we're going to need to have help with. So stay tuned for that. We need some lifeguards and we need people that love to wash dishes. Oh yeah, it's got, so it's got the biggest, speaking of lifeguards, like the biggest pool you've ever seen. It's huge. It used to be like the community pool. Um, it's so big there. And they also have um, putt-putt golf. There's many putt-putt golf there by the pool. So like just so much fun things for our campers. I just hope that we get to experience it sooner rather than later. But yes, like Kirsty said, there'll be lots of more volunteer opportunities. And um, this coming summer, our camp's going to be different. It's, um, we get the campground on a Sunday through a Thursday, or a Saturday through a Thursday. So volunteer, it's going to be optional for volunteers to come out that Saturday. Um, but your mandatory re um, reporting at eight o'clock that Sunday morning, because the campers will arrive Sunday afternoon and stay there until Thursday. Thursday afternoon. So it's one less day um, of the week that people would have to take off work. It's a little bit shorter too that our volunteers will have to spend away from their families. So hopefully it's more appealing um, and we can get lots of different people out there. So um, that leads me into kind of a question. So hopefully the people that are watching and listening to, um, to this right now, 
probably some of them are familiar with Roy FMA Kids. Some people, this is the first time they're really hearing about it. And so tell us like from both of your perspectives, what, give us the, the sales pitch of coming to camp and giving a week of your life. Like give them the, the why of why this is worth taking a week of vacation or taking some time off, taking time away from their families to come in and be a part of what you guys are doing. Give us, give us your best sales pitch. My best sales pitch would be if you can't take a week off of work, just come out for an afternoon. We, you can sign up on a part-time waiver. Um, that way you don't have to go through the trainings and um, you just have to let us know <laughs> before you come out, but sign up on a part-time waiver and just experience, just come in, come out, take it in um, and just see what, what, what it is. Um, my bet would be once you come out for that little bit, that you'll be hooked and you'll want to keep coming back year after year. Um, the, the nice thing about Royal Family is it's an opportunity that you can serve right inside our community. You can serve in our community. It's, I like to call it, it's a free mission trip. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, we provide your meals. We provide a shirt for you. We provide your lodging. <laughs> um, so it's free. So you can just come and you can experience. And if you can only come in the evenings, we'll take you to volunteer in the evenings. If you can only come in the mornings, whatever time you can come volunteer, we'll take you. Um, if you can come the whole week, that's great. So um, I think that's just, the best part about it is you don't have to commit to the whole week. You don't have to um, sign up to stay every single night. You don't have to pay anything. All you have to give is your time, which I know is super valuable, but to be impact a kiddo that lives in our community um, for the rest of their lives is completely worth it. Yeah, I think it's, it's just an awesome week. And I've, and I've had volunteers that have said, I don't even want to really work with the kids. Like they're just too scared to work with kids either in general or this population. So then just come out and serve us that are with the kids. It just, it is just the best week as far as, you know, hanging out with other adults and the kids are just amazing. I tell you. Yeah. Like if you're nervous, like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, yeah, there's so many ways to serve. I don't know of any other, you know, like, like camp where you can just serve in so many different ways. Like, you don't even have to really serve the kids at all. So there's so, yeah. many, so many things to do. From, like, decorating, you know, for the birthday party to coming out for just the tea party. There's just, there's so many ways to serve. And you can just dip your toe in the water one year and see if you like it. If you don't, that's okay. But most people come back. Yeah. As in, like you, like Christy said, you can volunteer. Like we've had people come and help. We print out our photos. Every kiddo gets to take a photo album home of some of their things that they've done at camp, and that's what they get to keep. And that's we've heard from kiddos that are in their twenties that still have the Royal Family Kids Camp photo album. So, um, our photographer takes pictures during the week and she prints them off, and she needs help getting those printed and stuffed in the photo album. So. That's one opportunity, like our new camp granny, we have to have people wash the dishes. So there is things, if you are nervous, if kiddos make you nervous, we're not gonna force you to be responsible for a kiddo. Um, you can come and do one of those things where you're not um, out with the kiddos. Now, if you love kiddos and you're a big kid and you wanna have fun, I think that's another thing too, is like, we get to experience this too with our campers. So selfishly, we get to do on the, um, the inflatable obstacle course. We get to go down the water slides. You get to be a kid and just have fun for the week for free in the area. Completely worth it to me. And then to, to impact a kid for the rest of their life 
feel like it's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> well, let, me, let, me, let me ask this, because this is something that was I didn't fully understand before I came um, and, and volunteered a week. So you have a waiting list every year, right? Yeah. So yeah. What, why is there a waiting list? Like, what, why is there a need for a waiting list? I mean, what's... You can only take as many campers as we have guides, because you have to have the one guide for two kids. So our number of guides limits how many kids we can take. So yeah. a person listening to this right now, like them coming and giving a week to be a guide would actually pull two kids off of a waiting list, right? Yep, correct. Yep. Like our waiting list, unfortunately, the need is so great in our area that our waiting list has just gotten out of hand. I mean, it's 30 plus kiddos on a wait list and we take between 36 and 40 kids, 42, I think might as than our biggest year, maybe 44. Um, so we, like Christy said, we have to take, we can only take as many kids as we have volunteers because we have to stick with that two to one ratio. Now with this new campground that we have, the space is endless. I mean, huge space for sleeping for a dorm. It's like sleeping dorms and the lunchroom is huge. And just, so we have the space, we just need the volunteers. Like I don't even have to I, we don't even advertise our camp to KVC and different foster care agencies. They know about us and they contact us. I've already had families contact me asking about when camp's going to be and if they can get an application. We don't send our applications out for our campers until April 1st because the need is so great and we get them in so quickly um, that that's just, that's how it works. We don't have to advertise. So um, in January, we will start, um, we'll put our, staff volunteer application up online um and that's when we'll start recruiting our volunteers um is in january make sure people understand there are kids who would like to come mm -hmm. to rfkc who are ready to roll mm -hmm. who you may have to turn away and you every year have to turn away because we don't have enough staff to be able to meet that need Correct. It's the worst feeling ever. It's because I have to email or call and say, I'm so, I got your application. You're on our wait list. And you know, you're number 14 on the wait list. So the likelihood of you not coming to camp um, is probably not going to happen. So we've been really blessed with our fundraising. We have amazing people at Community Covenant that give to us year after year. Um, we have an organization camps for kids that matches our donations. Um, so Elenco has given us some good, good money. So we, funding is good. So our funding is not our biggest concern at the moment. Thank you. Thank goodness. Um, our biggest concern is volunteers because if we have the volunteers then we can take the campers because we have the funding to cover that that's not our worry our worry is having volunteers and if i correct me if i'm wrong you typically too you want to if, if someone's been on a waiting list in the past you want to let you want to give them priority the next year is that right so if a kid has already experienced camp once you would maybe prioritize a kid who has, so you could potentially have a kid that went to camp, got to experience how great that is, but they might not be able to go the next year because of limitation. Is that right? So we get first priority to the returning campers. Oh, you get it to the other way around. It's the other way around, just to give them that consistency. Yeah, that's, that's how we, we have handled it. So it's not so much them not being able to get it again. It's more you have kids that just have never even had the opportunity to have 
this this experience and so that's really the 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 call is to be able to enable as many kids possible to experience this this week that is life-changing and and let's talk about that too i know we're, we're getting close to the end of our hour but you know it's probably one of the most overused um in the church and in youth ministry and children's ministry that like you know go on this mission trip it'll change your life or go to this camp it'll change your life but y'all actually believe this that them going to a week of camp so tell me why you could confidently make the statement that going to a week of RFKC is a really like life-changing experience for these kiddos. Like how is it a life-changing experience for them? When I close my eyes, I see these kids after camp, especially for probably a month, you close your eyes, you see these kids, you see their faces and you, and you pray they're somewhere safe. Um, and they're really just on your heart. And I don't see how it couldn't change people. How have you seen it specifically and maybe without getting too specific, can you give me an example of a kiddo that you could see kind of the impact that, or you just generally, what, how do you see the change or the impact from when they get dropped off um, at the beginning of the week to when they kind of get picked up at the end of the week? Like what, how do you see that impact playing out in those kids' lives? So I don't know if you notice the impact, like say the next week, like they've been to camp and then the next week they're a changed kid. Um, I, one thing we didn't even touch on is that we have had campers that have come to camp, experienced camp as a camper, and then they've returned as a volunteer. Um, to me, I feel like that speaks for itself. They, they were impacted so much by camp that they wanted to come back when they're old enough and they want to volunteer their time to give to those kids um, that are going through a situation that they may have gone through when they were a kid. So I feel like that speaks for itself. And then We've had the kiddos that have contacted us. Um, you know, they say they still sing the songs. They still remember the positive memories that were created for them and that that's something that they hold on to. So being able to have that positive light and that positive moment in their life has impacted them in the way that they um, they live their life. So I feel like that's that's a huge impact. I will say selfishly personally me being the director and being able to see everything unfold you can see god's hand in all of it that this is his camp we're just being his hands and feet and um he makes things happen it's not us that make this happen and it's not us that make the impact on the kiddos it's him um working through us um and impacting the kiddos that way and things that we you know like we get stressed out right before camp we have to have a nurse we have to have a licensed nurse you have to have a social worker where those positions that are hard to fill that you have to have camp and you stress and stress and stress about them but god's got it handled and it always comes through and it always happens um camp always i i have learned now this is my 11th year i have learned that this is god's camp and if he wants it to happen it's going to happen um and so things that just you don't think whatever mountains that you don't ever think will be moved are moved so that this camp can happen. And I think that's another thing that, you know, the impact and the importance of this camp is that those little things, everything falls into place so that this camp can happen. So yeah. I think that's, that shows it for itself too, about how much an impact it's going to make um, because the devil stirs it up and tries to ruin everything right before camp happens. Um, but we go through with it and we get it. We, you know, big things happen at camp. So I feel like that's how you know too, that there's a huge impact um, happening. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Christy? Oh, I was going to say you were talking about 
like if we've seen throughout the week of camp, you know, kids changing. And I've seen kids, Kelsey, I'm sure you've seen this too, where the kids that wouldn't talk and were completely shut off. And throughout the week, you see them kind of creeping out of their shell as they connect more with their guide and feel more, you know, comfortable. We've seen that for sure. Yeah, like um, I can think back to a long time ago, um, there was a little girl who was afraid of all the male guides and all the male staff. Um, she wouldn't look up at them. She kept her head down the whole time, never made eye contact. So something probably happened in her life that was not good with males. Um, but by the end of the week, she was talking to the male guides and talking to the male staff. Um, We've also had campers, like I can remember Shelly Ellis talking about one little camper that she's had, who she was, the, this camper was the mom of the family, even though she's nine, she was worried about her little siblings and wanted to take care of them. Um, Shelly finally got her to relax and just got her to be able to be a kid and have fun that week and not have to worry about her siblings and that she knew that her siblings were taken care of so she could relax that, you know. The, for that little bit, bit of time. So I think that that is how you see the impact right away, immediate impact of camp. When you talk about kids being kids, I remember the, the year I was there, I mean, there was one of the boys, what, one of the older boys was, he was really kind of had like a, a guarded, almost like a hard edge to him. And you saw as the week went on a real softening because for whatever reason, that was kind of how he had survived was to be tough and to be kind of like strong and kind of don't mess with me but you saw like this really tough you know kid this little man in this in a sense like get to just be an elementary school kid again and just have fun and be goofy and be silly and and that was one of those powerful moments for me you know and it wasn't even one of my uh, wasn't even my camper, but just to just kind of see that from afar and, and see the power of just allowing a safe environment that can allow a child to really let down their defenses, something they probably don't get to do very often and just enjoy a week without having to worry, even though there are kids that still worry, but yeah, that was, that was pretty powerful for me to see. So, um, it's been awesome to have you both be able to share about this ministry. If there is somebody who is listening or is watching and God is tugging at their heart and they want to get involved, how do they get a hold of you to follow up? Or is there a website or is there email addresses? How do they, how do they take the next step if they want to get involved with Royal Family Kids? So there's all of that. So if you have Facebook, you can search us at Royal Family Kids Lenexa. Um, you've got some information there. Our website's listed there. You can also Facebook message us there. Um, we can contact you. Um, if you don't have Facebook, you can use our email address, which is rfkclenexa at yahoo.com. Um, and you can email us and ask any questions. Or you can also just Google Royal Family Kids Lenexa and our website will pop up. And that's got some more information. It's got our picture on it. Um, some more information about camp. Um, and they can also always contact the church too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of you who are watching and listening. Again, as we continue these conversations, our prayer is that God would inspire you, whether it's this ministry or another ministry, to step out of your comfort zone, to step out of the four walls of the church and step into what God's doing in the greater community. So, so Kelsey and Christy, we just thank you so much for joining us this week. And we just pray God's richest blessings on all of what 
Royal Family Kids has to offer coming up, and we pray that you will be able to have camp in 2021. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll, we'll see everybody next time as we continue this journey of seeing what God's doing in the greater community. Thank you.